Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me today for the second half of my conversation with Connor's mom, Nan Deal. If you didn't get to hear last week's episode, I hope you'll go back and listen to hear how deep into the darkness Nan had fallen after Connor's death. In today's conversation, you'll hear how God rescued her from that pit and filled the empty places of her heart. We will pick up today's conversation right where we left off last week. You know, I've never been one who has been drawn to any kind of addictive substances at all. I've never been a drinker, never tried any kind of drugs or anything like that. But I tell you what, after Hannah died, I can sure see the attraction. I I would I would sometimes think about that. I would just think, wow, you know, I would I would love to just I mean, I'm just <laughs> I would love to just get drunk and just forget about this for a while. Or I would love to just yeah, take something take and make off. this go away for a little while or just take the edge off like you said. I didn't do it because just because I did not do it, but I can certainly see how appealing that is to so many and um yeah, I would never sit in judgment of anyone who who did choose to numb and take that edge off. And I can see how it could be something where it takes more and more and more to keep that going. And it sounds like that's kind of where you found yourself. Sure. You know, I'm 11 years in and the first year it's, you know, it's a little amount, but you get to year 10 and 11 and that's how you're coping. You know, yeah. you really are coping yeah. and you believe you need it. That was, yeah. Oh, sure. I believed mm-hmm. that I needed it. And, um, and it just became a way of life, unfortunately. And I do now, I used to sit in judgment of people who had anxiety attacks. There I was, I, I used to sit in judgment of people who thought about suicide. I was there. I used to sit in judgment of people who had an addiction and you really can't stop. Well, that was me. And I know I'm not alone. Yes, and that's exactly no, why I'm here today. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying what I'm saying today is because I know I'm not alone. I know this is something that is huge in the grieving community. And it's something that people go to. And then the next thing you know, you find yourself down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And you're in a pit that you can't see out of. Right. And that's where I was at. And Mm -hmm. by that time in 2020, my boys were gone. It was empty nest and my husband's traveling and I find myself alone, Mm -hmm. alone and alone without being in the light for a long time. Mm hmm. And I got to the place in 2020 where I just did not like myself at all. I remember white knuckling it to work one day and thinking the first cry was in January of 20, where I white knuckled it to work. And I said, God, if you'd have me, I want you to come and perform some kind of miracle. But I know my heart is so black. Mm. I know everything that I've done. I know everything I've said to you. I don't even know if you can work with this mess. And that was my first step into crying out to God. And then in March of 2020, as everybody knows, COVID happens. 
Yes. You know, and the one thing that I am good at, the one thing I'm really good at is being a mom. And the second thing that I'm really good at is being a teacher uh-huh. to these little five and six-year-olds. They're my babies. Yes. And uh, we find ourselves in March of 2020 being sent home. Mm-hmm. So um, Ron had gone on a long trip before COVID had started. This was March of 2020, and he had gone on a trip on Thursday and wouldn't be home till Sunday. And I had set up every night with somebody to go to dinner or to do this or to do that with so that I wouldn't have to be alone. Yeah. And uh, the boys were gone. I was by myself. I had a hard time. And I didn't trust myself at that time. So I had had all of these plans arranged. And then that Thursday in March, we were sent home and nobody knew what was happening. And so my job was taken from me. That was stripped Mm -hmm. from me. Then Mm -hmm. that weekend, all of my plans that were laid out, people kept saying, well, I can't travel because of this Corona stuff. And I can't come. We can't go out to eat. The restaurants are all closing. And one after the other, after the other, things were just stripped from me that weekend. And I got so scared and I was alone and I was so in pain. And I really, it was the bottom of my bottom. Mm -hmm. And I just, it was the worst of my numbing ever that weekend. And um, I'm like, my husband is gone. I don't have any children. I have no friends. I have nothing, nowhere to go. I am left and alone and I don't like myself and I'm a mess and I'm a wretch. Yeah. And um, I have no tools to help me. I know, I don't know what else to do. And so I did what I normally did. And that was to cope with the pain was to numb it. Mm-hmm. And I numbed it in such a way that it was very, very painful and the worst I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. And um, Ron had come home from his trip that weekend and looked at me and said, what is going on? I, yeah. something is up with you. And pretty much he had figured out what was going on. Yeah. So up to this point, had he really been aware of the numbing that you were doing? Um, a li- just, just a little bit casual, mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. the extent that I was doing because I literally was in the closet with it. Literally. Yeah. yeah. And really, you know, I would tell him, Sure, I need to take some melatonin to go to sleep, but I wasn't telling him the amount that I was taking. Right. No. Right. And so, um, March 17th of 2020, he's up from the trip and having to figure out how to do his work from home. And he's up and at it, and I'm up, and I have no job. We don't even know how to Zoom at this time. I have nothing. Right. Uh, and I am. Right. I'm rock bottom. I'm left with myself going, I can't believe this is where I'm at. This is how I am. And I, I just hated everything about myself. Sure. And so I went into our spare bedroom and I thought yoga, I'll do yoga. I mean, if if there's anything (laughs) doing something to keep my mind from thinking or having Uh to deal with anything. So I thought, Hey, I'll just get my yoga mat out and I'll do some yoga. That'll make me feel better. And uh, God met me on that mat. I laid mm-hmm. down to start doing yoga, and I could not get up. Mm-hmm. I was down for the count. And I laid there for two hours and just sobbed. I cried out to God. 
And I said to him, I even think I said uncle at one point. Right. Uh-huh. And I said, God, if you'll have me, I'm going to surrender myself to you right now because I am nothing but you. And I don't know how you're going to do it. But if you will, just walk me out of this pit and help me because you are my only hope. And that day, I downloaded some songs on my phone. I typed in Create in Me in the search box, and five songs came that were just God-ordained and God-picked for me. And I listened to those songs for weeks, you know, every day. And then I started, he started sending me podcasts that were so good, like, you know, you, you once you put creative me in your phone, you're going to get all kinds yeah. of stuff that's creative. <laughs> True. But, uh-huh. You know, that was the cry of my heart in January. Yeah. If you could you take this heart of mine and create in me a different heart. Mm. And so then it was, oh, no, it's COVID and we're all sequestered. But I had heard on one podcast about a book about how to pray. And I thought, well, I don't know if I can get this book, but I'll just get it on Amazon and we'll see. It was on my doorstep the next day. (laughs) And it was some of the most beautiful prayers that I learned to pray Mm -hmm. of of how to just cry out to God. Yeah. And um, I want to share with you some scriptures uh, that he gave me during this time that I believe were during this time of my crying out. From Psalm 30, 2 and 3. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. Oh, Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Mm, and I was in the that's pit. That's perfect for you. Yes. Um, that night, I did not have one drink or any kind of medication, and I had not one withdrawal. Oh, wow. Wow. And I know that's not everybody's situation, Mm -hmm. but that was mine. And I felt like that was a grace from God saying, I'm here. I've been here the whole time. Grab my hand and let's walk. Let's walk out of this darkness together. Yes. And here's another scripture that I just love. It comes from Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. Mm-hmm. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways, yes. the good and the bad. That's right. The grief, even before a word is on my tongue. Behold, oh, oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Mm-hmm. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you are there. But if I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Yeah. And I lived there. Yes. And you know, the psalm goes on later to say the darkness is as light to him. Yes. I am so 
thankful to God that his grace and mercy and his steadfast love can pierce through any kind of darkness. Amen. I have some other scriptures about God and his strength that I I love sure, if I can please, share. Please share them. Yes. Well, I will say this. After that day and that night of no withdrawal, it then was a year of slow, steady, slow recovery. Yeah. God brought me a, a biblically-based program through my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. He sent more scripture. He sent more podcasts and music. And the light was pouring in as I opened my heart up to him. I started confessing, which I think, too, is taking bringing the light to the darkness. Absolutely. And as I yes. would confess to Ron and to my boys and to family and friends and everyone who I felt like I had wronged or, or, or just the story of my life and my grief journey, they just started pouring blessing upon blessing mm-hmm. upon blessing on me mm-hmm. with, you know, sermons and new music. I mean, you know, I had been dry bones for 12 years and, yeah. you know, they were sending me songs and saying, well, this is old music. And I'm like, well, it's new to me. Because I haven't been listening to anything, you know. And um, so a lot of this stuff, it was like I was drinking from the fire hose of truth. Yeah. And God was so gracious. He was so merciful. He was so steadfast in his love for me that it was like, let's go now. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. But it was a slow, steady process of him holding my hand and walking lifting my head every time I would feel like I needed to go back into that place and um, he was faithful and just and kind yes there's another scripture that came to my mind just as you were telling this story and that's Ezekiel eleven nineteen. it says and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh And when you talk about your heart, it just seems like it was a heart of stone. And he has replaced that with a new heart of flesh. Yes, he has. Mm -hmm. I love Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise him. And I do have joy now. That's what I was just about to say. Would you have ever thought you would you would claim a verse that says, my heart leaps with joy? No. Um, that was March of 20, uh, May of that year. Gone up to the cemetery to see Connor. And this is my first time to say this since he had gone home. In 2009, I stood at his grave and said, Connor, it is not good. And you're not here on Mother's Day. Yeah. But God is good. All the time. Amen. And all the time, God has been good. Even when I turned my heart and my back on Him. Amen. I love the Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would want to say 
to anybody who is grieving right now, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Give it to God. Give him all of it. Trust him in the intense pain, the intense sadness, because he can handle it. Mm-hmm. And lean on him. Trust him with all of your ways, with your thoughts, with your heartbreaking. Trust him with that. Mm-hmm. He'll make your path straight. Yeah. And know that you're not alone. You know, you talked about how you felt so isolated and so alone, but there, that scripture right there tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. Yeah. You know, there's, there was the pain and the anger, the bitterness, the resentment, shutting out the light. Yeah. Not listening to the truth. And then just living in that new reality of just darkness. And then also it's just shame and isolation. And that's, all, all tools of the enemy. Absolutely. He wants us there. He wants mm-hmm. us in isolation. He wants us not communicating with others, not owning our stuff. I mean, being ashamed. Here I was, you know, I had built this beautiful legacy for my son, and here I am just still entangled in all of this mess. Mm-hmm. I lived in that shame, and he wanted to keep me there. And he yeah. wanted to keep me in this perpetual state of angst and anger and grief mm-hmm. that was suffocating. Yeah. I'm so thankful you've been set free from all of that. Oh, I am too. I have I have a, a last verse that I yes, please. want to share. It is, I just feel... Brand new. I mean, the old is gone. The new has come. I I do feel like God has. He walked into that room that day. He picked me up off that yoga mat. He stood me up. He wiped me down. And he said, you are my daughter. And I love you. And let's go. I have stuff I want to do with you. And I have plans for you. Mm -hmm. Psalm 103.2-5 through says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I feel like I'm young again. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm not young, but I do feel like I have this beautiful new faith and renewal of my spirit. Mm -hmm. And I truly, truly now know what God's grace means, what his mercy is, and what his love, and who he is. He is a good God. He is a God you can trust with anything, and he never will leave you or forsake you. Yes. Yeah. You know, you said you've been renewed, and... I can see that in you. Um, I met you <laughs> several years ago now. I'm not exactly even sure how long it's been. And um, I can see a change in you. You know, you came to one of our retreats and you kind of said all the right things and had all of the right words, but there was an emptiness there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
And I can see that, that you've been made new. (laughs) And that's a wonderful thing to see. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Mm. A question I have, you mentioned that you and Ron kind of got on a different page in your grieving. So how did the two of you work through that together? You know, we extended each other. We truly did extend each other a tremendous amount of grace. I just, mm-hmm. you know, he read, he read the book of Job and it kind of settled it for him. Yeah. Although he still rode those two rails that we mm-hmm. talk about, mm-hmm. the grief and the joy. But it was lonely, I think, for us. And it did take a toll on our relationship. We did extend each other grace, but yet he just kind of felt like he needed to continue to walk it out with God and trust God. And I was, you know, doing a lot of hiding and doing a lot of, like you said, I could talk the talk and maybe walk the walk, Uh but there was an emptiness there. And there was an emptiness there, a season there for, for our marriage as well. I, um, I don't think it was in, excuse me, until my recovery that Mm-hmm. we started rebuilding yeah. a lot of trust back. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've always loved one another mm-hmm. and we loved our son together. Yes. And, um, and that never, ever stopped. That never ended. Right. I just was in a dark place and he was in the light and I mm-hmm. didn't want to be in the light. So, you know, I isolated myself from a lot of people and a lot mm-hmm. of things and, and in my marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But since 2020, God has been so good to restore the years. Yes, the years that the locusts have eaten. <laughs> yeah, and he mm-hmm. is still walking that, you know, our bridge of trust is being built back. Mm-hmm. And um, we are walking it out together with him. And there's been a lot of forgiveness. There's been a lot of reconciliation. Sure. You know, sure. even with my boys, you know, I've yeah. owned it. I've owned it all. Yeah. And um, gosh, the beautiful thing about your children is, is oh, mom, there's nothing you could do yeah. that would make us not love you. You right. said that to us. How could we not? I mean, exactly. It's, I have been shown a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. Mm-hmm. And it's been beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Such a beautiful picture of redemption and grace. Yes, and I've had to forgive myself a yes. lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure that's a process. That's that probably does not happen overnight either, does it? No, it does not. Yeah, no, it does not. But you know, I have a hope now—a hope that I always knew I would see Connor again. It just wasn't getting; it wasn't fast enough for me. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help in the here and now. Right. And, you know, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. At the beginning, it was like, here's here's my reunion picture. This is what I would say to people. I am going to beeline it past Jesus to get to Connor and say, hey, (laughs) get out of my way. I want to see my son. Yeah. And now I can't can't even. He will be there next to my Lord and Savior. But I will be at his feet worshiping the Lord first. Yes. As Connor says, Mom. Well done. Welcome. Yeah. Let me show you everything that I've been doing. Yes. Oh, we have so much to look forward to. We do. I won't cross mm-hmm. over him. 
<laughs> I won't cross over the Lord. It'll be, <laughs> I mean, it is my heart's desire to be there. You know, I long oh, yeah. to be there and worship just like Connor and Hannah are getting to do every yes. single day. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. We have a community group, kind of a life group that meets on Sunday nights. And we were in that group last night. And one of the men that was there who was not a bereaved dad, he asked the question, he said, you know, do we really live our lives like like we're anticipating Jesus' return? Do we really live our lives like we're anticipating heaven? And, you know, I think he was expecting the answer to be, no, you know, we really don't. But as a bereaved parent, we do, don't we? Yes. You know, I said, you know, I'm, I just as being part of while we're waiting, I communicate with bereaved parents all day, every day, you know, on social media and, and otherwise. And there's not a single one that's not anticipating and anxiously looking forward to that day. And I, I think that's something to, that happens to us as bereaved parents. Our whole perspective on this world has changed. And I love how you said in your story how when God picked you up off of that yoga mat and and kind of wiped you down, cleaned you up a little bit and said, I still have a purpose for you. There is still life to be lived for you. And I believe that and we all have that and I want to live that purpose and I want to fulfill that while I'm here. And I am all in on that. But my focus, my perspective, I guess, is that eternal focus. And I look forward to the day and eagerly anticipate the day that that I go to heaven and see Jesus and see Hannah again. So I don't know, I just thought that was an interesting question to be asked. And um, I just thought of all the people I know, and you're one of them, that we anxiously anticipate that reunion one day. Yes. And yet, when I was in such angst, I I was dreading and not really enjoying my life here on earth. Oh, sure. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Take me to heaven. Give me something. Now, you know, yeah. Send me. Do something. You know, bring me an illness or do this or do that. And right. now it's like, no, I I can stay here and I can do this life and bring God glory, and then yes. take me to glory. Yes. I, I have a perspective now of, I can find joy here. You know, Braden got married yeah. a year ago, and I danced at his wedding. Yes. I, I was carrying Connor that day, and so sad he wasn't up there in a tux. And I was dancing with my son, and, and just having so much joy and happiness for our family. Yes. And I never thought I could do that on earth. I was always wanting to just bypass that and skip mm-hmm. straight to the end. Yeah. And now I know I need to stay in this until he calls me home. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to do that and bring him glory yes. and have hope and have joy and trust and stay in the light? And that is what has been renewed Yes. That is what's been renewed. I love that. That's why we call our ministry while we're waiting. (laughs) I mean, what you're saying is exactly what we talk to parents about is, yes, we've got a lot to look forward to, but what are we going to do here and now while we're waiting for that day? We want to live well. We want to bring glory to God. 
we want to honor our children while we're waiting for that reunion. So, And for those that are struggling, you're not alone. Absolutely. I, I'm doing this podcast today. It's This is a hard thing to share. And yet I believe, you know, I wish my story was clean. I wish Connor would have gone on home and I would have just turned a corner and said, okay, God, whatever happens, it is well, and let's go. Well, that, that wasn't me. And it was messy and it was ugly and it was hard and it was lonely and it was isolating and it was dark. And yet God can use that. Yes. He can use your story of saying, no, I don't need alcohol. I'm not going to go to that. Mm-hmm. He can use my story and say, I can use that too. Yes. And that's, I think, why I so want to share my story and be out with it, so to speak, because yeah. I want people to know. I know people are struggling. I yes. do know that. And I want them to know there is hope and God loves you. And there, the darkness is as light to him because he is the light. And he will love you where you're at. And he, if you will trust him to be the lifter of your head, yes, just grab his right hand and he will walk out with you wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. And I believe that with my whole heart because he did it with me. Yes, And there's nothing you can do to make him not love you. Mm-hmm. He is a God that can be trusted. And um, acknowledge his ways, not yours. And he'll make your path straight. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. What a testimony. You and Ron actually lead a virtual while we're waiting support group uh, that meets a couple times a month. Talk about that. If somebody wanted to participate in that, what what would they experience? Well, we meet on Zoom and we meet the first and third Mondays, uh, seven o'clock central time till about 8.15. Sometimes it goes till 8.30. And um, we just have a sweet group of people and we get new people every, every time. Um, we always share a little bit, a scripture, a thought, and, you know, we talk about while we're waiting and um, the faith, you know, that it is a faith-based organization and, and all of that. But we also have a, we have a scripture, we have a lesson and we also have talking time talking points where we'll like tonight we're going to talk about the new year and um Mm -hmm. uh, just get the talking board out kind of like you do at your retreats Uh and just ask for some topics that people really want to try to go over before you know because we're in the midst of the holidays um kind of what does the new year look like with your Mm -hmm. grief and Mm -hmm. maybe some of the talking points we just always have a good a good stri- scripture, a good thought for the night, and we always um, open it up for them to tell a little bit about their child and then answer the question as we go along. And the beauty of it is, is that I like how I can get people together that maybe have like situations as far as grief. Because, you know, right. there are just so many, that, you know, the gamut of it is mm-hmm. the age when your child passes away or circumstances, but 
I feel like the networking that happens and how we can share more about your podcast and more of the ministry encourage. I mean, people get on and talk about the retreats or the mom's days. And it's just, a, it's a really good time for people to just come together and, you know, have that support group. Yeah. And we bounce ideas off about things mm-hmm. and um, church and, you know, how to get support and how to do self-care and things like that. And, right. um, but it's, an, it's, it's a great group. And there are people from all over the United States that come onto our Zoom. And it's just a great time. But everyone yeah. and I are very prayerful and thankful for the opportunity to minister now that we're this far out in our grief. But also just um, honored to be with these people that come that are so courageous. Yeah. Because yeah. most it does. of them are so fresh. Mm-hmm. in their journey. Mm-hmm. It does take a lot of courage to come to something like that, even a virtual group. And we love that that you guys are offering this option of a virtual group, because while we have the in-person while we're waiting support groups in several states now, you know, not everybody can get to an in-person group. So it's awesome that we have this opportunity to offer the virtual group for those who can't get to one locally. So we appreciate you guys yeah, leading that. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. We're thankful for you all. We're thankful for while we're waiting. Mm. And yeah, we're thankful for the opportunity to minister. It's just, it's good to give back. Yes, and there's a lot of healing there when yes, you can help others. That's a very healing thing. One other question I wanted to ask you, you know, we talked about just honoring the Lord through our lives and, and giving Him glory and, and even honoring our children. You've talked, we've talked all around Connor's Legacy Project uh, during this interview. Please tell us more about that. I, I would love for the listeners to hear what Connor's Project is all about. Yeah, well, we have an art center that is affiliated with Touch a Life. Um, Touch a Life is an organization that rescued children out of child trafficking in Ghana, West Africa. Um, God had sent a bereaved mom into my life. Her name is Pam Cope. Um, she was 10 years ahead of me. And um, in my early days, he had sent her because I was crying out to him saying, I need to find Connor's voice. I want to do something. We had been given generously money. Uh, and so we wanted to do something that honored Connor. And that is another podcast in and of itself, how it, that happened and how that <laughs> building came. But yeah, if you'll well, go we and touch to do life, that one day. Um, yes. You will see the Connor Creative Art Center, and it is an art center since Connor was so artsy. It is an art center that is a therapeutic art center for these children that is housed on the campus for the Touch of Life kids. And really the beautiful thing about this beautiful organization is every building is in honor of somebody's child. A lot like while we're waiting with yeah. what you all have done. There's... Um, Taylor's house and Zachary's house and, you know, all the dorms and all of the buildings are named after and in honor of someone's child. Uh-huh. And so the Connor Creative Arts Center is a therapeutic art center that is there to help the kids in their healing. And the beautiful thing about it is it looks like a giant Lego. <laughs> and so, I love that. Yes. Um, God really, yeah, he really outdid himself with that one. That's a beautiful thing. And so it's this giant Lego that Connor would love. And um, it sits in Ghana, West Africa. 
at the Touch of Life care facility. And um, COVID has kept us from it. And we, mm-hmm. Ron and I are anxiously wanting to get back. And our boys have been. And mm-hmm. it, it, it really is a beautiful, beautiful legacy. And um, Connor would love it. Yeah. So what is that website that they can go to if they want to see Connor's house? Yes, it is touchalifekids.org. Okay. And I will put that in the show notes so people can link to that. Is that a place that if people wanted to donate or something, uh, is that a an ongoing ministry? Yes, it is. Yes, they can. And okay, they can good. earmark it for what they want. If they want it for the art center, they uh-huh. can do that. In oh, neat. Connor, that would be beautiful. Yes. And okay. When you go to the website and you scroll down, you'll see that the kids sitting all over the outside of the Lego. It's pretty Yeah. Cool. How neat. That's That sounds awesome. And that sounds like something that Connor truly would love. Oh, he would. He would love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, we probably need to wrap this up. We've been talking for quite a while. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? Well, yes. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be so vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. It's it's not wrapped up neat in a bow, but God is a good God, like I said before. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity to come and to share and be vulnerable and honest and I just, my prayer is that it, it helps somebody out there that is struggling, that feels like they're in the deep darkness and um, that they can feel that there's some hope and some help and they can reach out. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. I appreciate you being so open and honest and vulnerable because there are so many other moms and dads like you. Um, we've met them through while we're waiting. I've gotten to know them online and, um, yeah, just because we know the Lord doesn't mean that we don't struggle (laughs) or have doubts or questions or anger, or may even get into some addictive behaviors and things like that. And, um, I think your story is going to give people a lot of hope. I hope so. I hope, I hope God is glorified. Yes. I really do. And I hope it does help somebody. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on. And um, I just appreciate you so much. Thank you, Jill. I really appreciate you too. Thank you so much for having me. And it was an honor. All right. Yeah, it was an honor for me too. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review, and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.